This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Fun is good, which is why when we place bets, Victoria, I will never, ever, ever take the under. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who roots for no points? Well, sometimes you're just practical. If you're trying to give the people well, I don't good want to be practical. <laughs> I don't want to be practical. Hey, because I won my under. See, you did. <laughs> so, and I, I willingly sacrificed. <laughs> if we actually had instead of units, no. that would have been good. I was 2-1 and one yesterday. I was very excited about that. Uh, but we'll talk about that coming up at the end of the hour. Right now, it's time for our Wednesday fun with Chip Patterson. And there he is, Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com, Cover 3 podcast. Jazzed for college game day with the Blue Devils hosting the Fighting Irish. Oh, 100%, absolutely. Uh, things. Number one, sometimes you're rooting for defenses, okay? Rooting for an under no. can also be rooting for defensive excellence. Uh, right. Number two. I don't do that. How about uh, <laughs> how about Rod doing the one thing he always gets mad at you and others at? He said, use the phrase fourth line center. I he thought did. we didn't number. I didn't think we didn't number the lines. Huh? <laughs> I thought we didn't number the lines. But if we're talking about Jack Drury as a fourth line center, You're, I don't know. It's a very good point. point. I, I will bring that up the next time I speak to him. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, and uh, and and finally, uh, yes, I'm I'm so excited. Uh, you know, this is such a huge moment. Uh, for Duke football, mm -hmm. which has already answered the call with that Monday night Labor Day game, because what was one thing that seemed to be universal for people that were you know on the outside? And you know what? I'm going to count myself as this because I echoed this guess. I thought there would be a big Clemson contingent in Wallace Wade Stadium, mm -hmm. and not only was it just packed to the gills with Duke blue, but then the energy that the students brought played a real factor yeah. in the way that that game sort of spun out near the end. And Duke was able to pour it on late and pull away. You're rushing the field. The the scenes that were so highly visible with that standalone Monday night spot, you know, this this is yet another opportunity for, uh, for Mike Elko to really show a university community and a city that has embraced Duke football uh, in a really special way. Yeah, and the folks at Michigan State, I'm sure, are going to be watching. I don't know when Michigan State plays this weekend, uh, but they'll be watching that game too. Um, Michigan State plays Iowa. Speaking of unders, if you want to look at uh, yes. under Michigan State and Iowa. Like 28, under 28 or something, <laughs> something like that. Chip Patterson of CVSSports.com Cover 3 Podcast joining us. Uh, going back to the beginning of the year, my takeaway from that game, and you and I talked about it, was – the, the the number one thing that jumped out at me, and I talked to our friend Michael Felder about this as well, was that, holy crap, Duke looks like they really belong on the field. It wasn't that Duke just won a game. Duke's won games like this before. But it's that they looked the part. Now, will they, will they still look the part against an offensive line and a defensive line? Yeah. Like Notre Dame. And that, to me, is what Notre Dame's advantage is over just about everybody. Not everybody, but just about everybody, is that uh, they groan uh, on both lines of scrimmage. Uh, how does Duke match up? Duke is going to find itself in a difficult position specifically 
when it comes to generating consistency on offense mm-hmm. going up against this Notre Dame defense, which was so wildly impressive against Ohio State. Yep. I mean, there is just skill on skill on skill on skill on that Buckeyes offense. And, I mean, they had them at 10 points going down to the final second. And if they had 11 men on the field, they might have only finished with 10 points. Degree of difficulty. Uh, This is a (laughs) – hey, Notre Dame's defense is so good, they only need 10 men to be able to stop Marvin Harrison because don't forget – they had 10 men on the field twice. Last two plays. But yeah. my, my bigger problem was not that they had 10 men in the field. And I'm not blaming anybody. It happens sometimes. You hate well, that it happened should, there. Yeah. I mean, blame can be had, but we don't need well, to. Well, yeah. Them. But, I mean, look, I'm not blaming anybody. Obviously, it's somebody. It's, it's a lot of people's fault. Right. Um, but Marcus Freeman coming out and saying, well, we have a system now that will prevent that from happening. What? What you just say? I'm sorry. It's all. We'll take the zero. It's us. We we blew it. I blew it. They blew it. Whatever. But we have a system now. Jalen Calhoun, Jordan Moore, Jordan Waters are, and I've said this a lot, that the hire of Kevin Johns is one of the best decisions that Mike Elko made. It has helped with Riley Leonard's development, Mm -hmm. and it has allowed a lot of these skill players to fit into a system where they can be really dynamic. But that is not Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Abuka, and Travion Henderson. I. I think that that's where it's going to be difficult and you need Riley Leonard as he has done in like two, maybe even three out of four games. He's got like one holy crap play. Yeah. Like obviously the, the 41, 44 yard run against Clemson is one of them, but that is a reoccurring instance. The problem is, is it's not exactly something that you can always game plan for. And so you're right. happy that you've got a playmaker like Riley Leonard, but I think those kinds of plays are what Duke's going to need to do to move the ball effectively against Notre Dame's defense. Now, on the other side, I do think that Duke's defense is going to make Sam Hartman earn everything Mm -hmm. and is going to say, Notre Dame's wide receivers, we're going to make you beat us. And the reason why I know that is because they said the same thing to Clemson. And that was when Antonio Williams was in the lineup. They played man coverage. They did not sit back. They said, we're going to mix things up with our front because we trust our defensive backs to be able to win those one-on-one battles before we're able to get after the quarterback. And Notre Dame's inability to hit explosive plays, uh, their reluctance to even try to use the play-action pass game against Ohio State was a little head-scratching. But that is something where Duke can really have an edge in this game is to use that same defensive game plan where – you trust your secondary and you mix things up up front and you make life hard for Sam Hartman because Sam Hartman is an excellent yeah. quarterback. Adam Golden studio with my man, coach Pete Deruta, capital financial advisory group. I was on your website and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio. You don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you call, we'll put together for you, your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-0013. Or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. But are you sure he's the best quarterback in this game? We just had a spirited debate on Wednesday's Cover 3 podcast that Riley Leonard versus Sam Hartman, who would you rather, came out with different answers across the board. Well, I, I know Tom Fornelli didn't go with <laughs> Riley Leonard because Tom Fornelli still doesn't have Riley Leonard, even in his honorable mention, among quarterbacks. And that's cool. I'm all good with it. Um, to me, Duke can win this game only if 
they make some big plays in the pass game. That, to me, is the difference for the Blue Devils. They have to be able to get some chunk plays, maybe even chunk plays that are touchdowns. Uh, otherwise, I, it's just going to be hard for them to run the ball consistently, especially as you get closer to the goal line, and they don't really have the big targets uh, that are that, that can help you score through the air when you get down there. Look, I, I love everything about this team. I think they have a chance to win this game. Uh, I believe they think they're they know they're going to win this game. That's the way I think that they think. Um, but they have to get some big plays in the passing game uh, in order to do it. That's Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com, Cover Three podcast. We did this last week, and I'm stealing from our friend. Um, uh, why am I? I'm completely Roddy Jones. Wow, I'm old. Come on, I'm, I told, we spoke to Roddy on uh, on Monday. Um, st- I'm stealing this from him. After Florida State, give me the next best teams, three, four, five in the ACC. We did it last week. Yeah, there. I mean, what has changed about the way that you see the world in terms of uh, the way these teams stack up against each other? Because guess what? I I think I said that it was they were all a tie, right? Clemson, Miami, Duke, North Carolina. Um, you I did you had Louisville up there too? You had Louisville no, ahead no, of Clemson. No, no, no. No? I've, I've got Louisville decidedly a tier behind. Oh, okay. North Carolina and Duke. They have been extremely explosive. Gerard Jordan's been great. Jack Plummer had a ridiculous game against Boston College. But ultimately, if we're just going to look at this like in a vacuum, we're picking teams, we're throwing them in the middle of random stadium somewhere. I would say Florida State is your one with a bullet. I would say that Clemson, Miami, Duke, North Carolina, I mean, we're talking about the difference of two and a half to three and a half points on a neutral field. Okay. So, yeah, I, I've got. I look at the world that way, and then you get a step down okay. into Louisville and Syracuse, and then you get a step down into NC State and Pitt, and then things get sad with Wake and Georgia Tech, and then <laughs> things get really sad with Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Boston oh, College. Gosh, Virginia Tech, Virginia. I All just right. went from the dark green to the dark red <laughs> in my sporting of ACC team. Very nice. Uh, that's like the Ken Palm thing. Uh, right. All right, let me let me let me ask this though. Um, because I was listening to the, uh, I think it was the, uh, upon further review, the Monday uh, show you guys do, which, I mean, they're all great. Sunday is a, is a must. Monday is a must. Um, and Bud, I think it was Bud Elliott said he still views Clemson as a top 15 team. And I'll just say that, to me, that's confirmation. Because that's the way I view Clemson, still mm-hmm. as a top 15 team. I actually grew a greater appreciation for them uh, after the Florida State loss than I did from their two previous wins because it was a game they absolutely could have won and they might have won had the uh, the new kicker, even though Dabo has full confidence at Robert, in Robert Gunn II, um, the new kicker missed a chippy field goal that would have given them the lead late. So, and then in over... Phil Moffa, if Phil Moffa picks up the blitz, it's over. Clemson's driving with a seven-touchdown lead. Florida State hasn't been able to move the ball. How about this? Clemson's defense against a Florida State offense that poured it on LSU in the second half of that season opener, it was five consecutive stops in the second half. Mm -hmm. Punt, 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 turnover on downs. Clemson's defense was good enough to set up the rest of the team with a college football playoff and national title contender in their house, and then they literally – coughed it up and missed their opportunity. They coughed it up on the fumble. Mm -hmm. They missed their opportunity at the very end of the game, both 
executing in trying to yep. set up the field goal with the five-and-a-half-minute drive, which, by the way, I called that. I, I might have said that on Saturday night show, but <laughs> I, anybody who I was talking to on Saturday when Clemson got the ball with 7.03 left, I said, Dabo's going to milk every one of these seconds. Sure, He is not going to try to punch it in the end zone. He's just going to go out there and just set up the shortest field goal possible. And when you call that quarterback draw, that's exactly what they did. Clemson, when Bud says Clemson is still a top 10, top 15 team, he is literally looking at his power ratings. Yeah. And he says, I'm, I'm not going to downgrade them because they lost this game, especially in that manner. When you're doing your power ratings, you grade that game as a zero because it went to overtime. Mm-hmm. You grade that game as a, you know, Clemson covered, but <laughs> went to overtime and they did not, as you right. know. Um, look, I still think they're a good team. It's interesting. I was looking at uh, the CBSSports.com website, and the conference rankings still has the ACC fourth. Now, maybe because Virginia, Virginia Tech, uh, Boston College are all trash. But I don't know, man. I think the top, I think top five teams in this league are pretty doggone good. And I think Louisville's good. And who knows about Syracuse? But there's a lot of good football teams in this league. I just a lot that, of- that's indicative of the 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 fact that no matter what the ACC does, it's going to take more than just a year to get a reputation back. Uh, a lot of objective metrics point to the ACC being fourth or even fifth. Bill well, Connolly, Bill Connolly's SP Plus has them fifth. Yeah, um, he also has Florida State ninth in the country, he, and I don't Sat- even understand that. <laughs> Sagarin's ratings have the ACC down there around mm-hmm. four. Or fifth, it's fine. Um, you know the 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 makeup of this conference. It, if NC State was better, if Pitt was better, if Wake Forest was better, I think we'd be having a different discussion when it comes to the objective metrics. What you are pointing to is something that the ACC did not even have when Clemson was competing for national championships, and its reputation was better. Which is a almost a handful of teams that you can call a top tier, which are all at that like top twenty five, top thirty level. I think that's a healthier conference because it produces better games coming down the stretch, but the middle to bottom of the conference, I think is pulling it down, uh, you know, compared to some of the other conferences. It's it's bad, but we, we move the goalposts on these all the time. The big 10 last year had three really good teams, three great teams. We'll even say three great teams and the rest of the league was blah. And honestly, I don't see there being that big a difference this year, but it's hard to fight City Hall, and I guess we'll just keep trying to fight City Hall. Real quick, have you seen the story? Uh, All I've seen is the aggregated story. I have not read the story in the Post and Courier out of Charleston that Clemson, sooner rather than later, stay very tuned (laughs) uh, that uh, they are uh, going to announce a departure from the league likely to be joined by Florida State and North Carolina. Have you seen that story? I have seen that story. A couple um, interesting notes that stuck out. Number one, it is written from the South Carolina perspective with additional reporting saying that South Carolina is trying to block Clemson from joining the SEC. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that it is the, the path that was laid out is not all that creative in terms of it. It's not anything that you or I could not guess in terms of what schools would be involved, what conferences would be involved and what would happen the sooner rather than later. And this is another detail from the story uh, in the post and the courier is it, it is unknown now 
if, you know, this belief is about something imminent or posturing for more incentive-based rewards from the ACC. Ship may have sailed on that, but <laughs> to, to take the middle of the 2023 season and now announce your intentions to leave the ACC um, as just me, just being like Chip, right. who's in the middle of this, yuck. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, you are Owen too. So. We, had, we got gay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, do I think that Florida, like, do I think that three no votes will leave the ACC at some point? Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm, and I'm not going to sit around and, and guess what year it is. I'm just going to know that when the announcement comes, it's going to be a headache yeah. for like a week and a half. And I would really prefer not to have that headache <laughs> right so here in the middle not, of the season. Not during the season. Yes. Uh, as yeah. I pointed out, if you get if you have a half a billion dollars laying around, you can probably buy your way out of the grant of rights today. But I think that's the starting point. It's $120 million buyout. And then the, what the media rights are worth wherever you're going to me, that's going to be the price tag. Are you willing to do that? If you're willing to do that, uh, this is why uh, I've made the joke before. Uh, the public investment fund can get anybody out of the ACC. I think they can do that. We're, we already have an agreement with uh, the CW. They're airing live golf tournaments. So why not? All right, we're going to close on golf, Chip Patterson. And frankly, I was appalled that CBSSports.com would do a story, an expert pick story on the Ryder Cup, and you were not asked for your opinions. I was appalled. I'm not kidding. Um, well, what that's because well? I, have, I have decided the wouldn't it be hilarious principle says tie. I have that. I, by the way, at plus 1,200, I did it on, yeah, uh, on, on Tuesday. Just, just sprinkle <laughs> that tie because nothing would infuriate everybody who's invested in this more than like Sepp Straka locks in a tie. <laughs> the United States is carrying a right. lead and the old Georgia Bulldog brings it home for the Europeans. Oh, I um, want Straka to play Brian Harmon uh, oh. in singles. Man, that's so good. Wouldn't that be awesome? All right. Uh, USA is a slight favorite. Should they be? No. I don't understand it. Yeah, the value was to take the Europeans when it was plus 150 like two months ago. Yeah. Now it's down to, you know, what, minus 110, plus 120. Yeah. Kind of a coin flip, but I I think Ty would be the funniest for sure. Plus 1,200. I think actually I think it's dropped to plus 1,100. Leading scorer for the United States will be who? Jordan Spieth. All right, I've uh, I think it's going to be Xander Shoffley. I think he's going to he and Patrick Cantlay are going to play the most matches, at least four. Uh, I could see him playing five, maybe not, but uh, I think they'll definitely play four. Um, for the Europeans. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at The designery.com. Oh, that's got to be John Rahm. Could be. Who do you have? I mean, personally, I think it's going to be Hovland. 
Uh, but because I think Hovland is the best bet to play five matches. Um, but he is just he is a machine. He's also playing great golf. Uh, but I'm also Ludwig. Ab- I'm on team Ludwig Aberg. That dude is awesome. And so I think some I think like uh, if you're uh, Luke Donald, you throw him out with Rory. Rory. Yes. And yeah. you let them cook. Nothing but squared up club faces and three hundred and thirty yard drives. Oh yeah, no, that's that's the game plan. It does it does not matter what hole it is. It does not matter what the format is. Yep. Those two guys are smoking it off the tee. No, I, I had Rory and, and uh Ludwig as my as my dream Euro pairing. Yep. Um I think that Brooks and Colin could be a nice pairing. Brooks for and American anybody. Guys. And shouts to Brooks Kepka who for saying you know what? You guys wanted to be here talking to Bryce. Play better. Mm-hmm. Play better. You had your chance. You didn't play well enough. Dustin Johnson did too. Didn't play well enough in the majors. It was their opportunity to get in. Kepka has a win and a second in the two majors. That's why he's on the team. Uh, it was pretty simple, um, but it's awesome. I cannot wait. Uh, did you hear his, uh, his explanation of the way he approaches uh, team play when he was talking with Big Cat and PFT Commenter? No. He said, um, oh, well, I'm pulling driver every time because I don't have to go hit it where it lands. <laughs> oh, That's man. Problem. That's a you problem, not a me problem. I am such a, I am such a Kepka guy now. I used, to, I used to not be a Kepka guy, but he, is, uh, he has grown on me. And well, I'm, he's also grown. He's, he like, has. grown into his, like, he's bent a little bit, and the golf world has changed in a lot of different ways, and I think that, the honesty that you get from Brooks Kepka, yeah. we, you are excellent, and you are not trying to tell us you're anything other than exactly what you think, and no we're question. cool with that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for fourteen, fourteen, and the U.S. retains the cup because that's the way it works. Chip Patterson. That's what I'm saying. Then the Europeans would be mad because they'd be like, "No, you didn't win it." Then the United States still like sprays the champagne because they retain. That's all it. they got to do. That's what it's about. It's about retaining the cup. Uh, Chip, we'll talk to you next week, man. Sounds good. Y'all be well.